Welcome to the Radio Bible Course and our study of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Today we pick up with the word patient. It's a virtue. God wants his children to have patience. It's a fruit of the Spirit. But I might caution you, don't put up a poster by the door that reminds you that as you leave the house to be patient with everybody, you're not going to become patient that way. These virtues listed in verses 22 and 23 are called the fruit of the Spirit. It's something the Spirit will produce in you. He wants to, to produce these in the Christian, but the Christian must submit. He must be resigned to the will of the Spirit. When a Christian gives up his right to lash back at people, he is resigned to the will of the Spirit. The person with patience is slow to boil. Such a person is not easily offended nor easily insulted. This word patience, also translated long-suffering in the authorized version, includes the idea of forbearance or patient endurance when wronged without anger or thought of revenge. It is not, however, counting to ten before you blow up. It is the character of Christ developed by the Spirit in you. Now we move to kindness, also translated in some of your Bibles as gentleness. It is a gentleness that mellows everything that is harsh. It describes a good-hearted person, a person who is pleasant and gracious. And that takes us to the word goodness. Goodness is that quality that seeks the best for someone. God is like that. I'm reminded what we often hear on television or read in the newspaper when Muslims act up in some of the eastern countries. They shout, God is great. But they seem to ignore the truth that God is good. Now we come to faithfulness. This is faithfulness toward God, not loyalty to a religious organization or practices. God is not interested in whether you are faithful in going to a Sunday school class. This is far greater than that kind of thing. This involves submission to the word of God and standing for the faith which was given once for all time to the saints. Are you faithful to the scriptures, or are you faithful to your church organization? Well, there's a great difference. We're going to be tested someday on what we did with God's truth. Now we come to gentleness. It has three meanings. Submission to God, being teachable, and considerate. The King James Version translates this meekness. Paul wrote this, A servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle to all men. Jesus was gentle. Then we come to the virtue of self-control. It refers to restraining passions and appetites. God wants us to have mastery over ourselves. This Greek word for self-control is used in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9, where Paul is teaching about sex desires. And he counsels the Corinthians by writing, 
But if they do not have self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn. You see, self-control is important in the life of the Christian. And Paul uses this same word again in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, in reference to an athlete in training. And of course, this all applies to the Christian. Listen to what he writes, beginning with verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win, and everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So the application here is that when you are serving Christ, you ought to be as disciplined as the athlete was who was trying to win a prize in the games there in Corinth. That's where they held the Isthmian Games. We have visited that site on our tours. And in all probability, Paul the Apostle observed those games from time to time. One couldn't live in that area with no, without knowing about those famous games. One thing is certain. The Spirit of God who lives in us wants to control us. But he can't unless we submit. And if we do submit we will have the fruit of the Spirit, described in verses 22 and 23. And then Paul adds, Against such there is no law. This is an understatement, meaning these virtues meet all of the law's demands. And if a person loves and is like Christ, he doesn't need to be concerned about the law. That's why the Scripture is so emphatic in the saying, if you love one another, you fulfill all the law. Now we come to verses 24 through 26, which ends this chapter. It reads, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us have no self-conceit, no provoking of one another, no envy of one another. Obviously, the Galatians had a problem. Paul wanted them to live by the Spirit instead of to be doing the works of the flesh, and he takes them right back here and makes the comparison or the contrast. If you live by the Spirit, and they did because they got life from the Spirit by believing in Jesus Christ, they were born again, they got the new eternal life that way, he said, if you live by the Spirit, and you do, then walk by the Spirit. In other words, your lifestyle should be in accord with your faith. If you have life from Him, then you ought to have control by Him. That's the point here. And he's talking about those who belong to Christ Jesus. He says, they have crucified the flesh, with its passions and desires. Now, how have they crucified the flesh? This is an aorist tense, an aorist in the Greek. It's that tense that conveys an action in past time, not a continuing action. They did, at a point in time, which was when they believed the gospel, crucified the flesh. When a man believes in Christ to save him, 
he is primarily focused on the crosswork of Christ. And that crosswork of Christ speaks of a death. It was the crucifixion that carried out the death penalty for sin. You see, the gospel is not the deity of Christ or his coming again. It is not his teachings of love and peace. The gospel which must be believed if I am to be saved is that Jesus Christ went to the cross for me. Now listen to Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. He not only died for our sins, he also died that we might die to sin. That's the only way we could live to righteousness. So in Galatians chapter 5, Paul is reminding these Christians that when they believed the gospel, they were crucified with Christ. But so were their lusts. They and we need this reminder. Believe it and live your life accordingly. Now in verse 25 he said, If we live by the Spirit, and we do ever since we believed, let's walk by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit means that your manner of life is going along with the Spirit's truth, and that the desires of the flesh no longer rule over you. In verse 26 Paul writes, Let us have no self-conceit, no provoking of one another, no envy of one another. Well, I'm sure most of us feel some guilt when we read about that because most of us have a problem with other people. People are the problem. I heard a man say one time, the more he meets with people, the more he likes his dog. Yes, people can be a hassle. But here is the plea of the Spirit. Those who belong to Christ They've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Let such people have no self-conceit, no provoking of one another, no envy of one another. Well, if I have patience as a Christian, I'll put up with other people. But in turn, I should not be aggravating other people, not provoking them, not envying those people. What does it mean by self-conceit? Well, that word in verse 26 in the New American Standard Version is translated, Let us not be boastful. Now this alludes to attitudes that were not in accord with the Spirit. They are wrong attitudes toward other believers. The word means empty glory. Some must have been considering themselves better than others in the Galatian churches, especially those who might have fallen into sin, which is addressed in the very next passage of the next chapter. Notice how he puts the finger on the conceited, who think they are spiritual. Listen to chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual should restore him in the spirit of gentleness. Look to yourself, lest you too be tempted. Verse 1 of chapter 6 is a test verse. It helps you test those who are really spiritual. Now, people claim to be spiritual. Some people act pious, 
They let you know how often they pray and how long they pray. They speak with pious tones. But are they spiritual? Paul says, If a man is overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. I talked to a man the other day who was telling me about the Christians who condemn a Christian who falls. They want to get them out of their churches. They don't want to have fellowship with them. They are unforgiving. These people are conceited. They're boastful. They think they live properly, that they are righteous. They are really self-righteous. And they can't tolerate those who won't live up to the standard of legalism which they have established for themselves. They are not spiritual. The spiritual person looks to help other people. He lifts them up. He encourages them. He builds them up in the faith. That's the test of a spiritual person. The Radio Bible Course had its beginning in 1986. We thank the many listeners who have enabled us by their gifts to continue these broadcasts. Our purpose has been to proclaim with clarity the gospel of the grace of God, which sets people free from their sins and from bondage. All of these teachings on this broadcast are available on cassette tapes for your purchase. Our teaching tapes brochure describes these studies and tells you how to order. Write today for teaching tapes brochure. Until next week, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.